0: c 2 is back Alright It's been so long It really has been a while since we recorded Hasn't it
1: It was a, a whole season ago
0: I know, it's crazy And now we're inching ever closer To our favorite season uh, That's why it's been so long We took September off really to prepare for Spookums edition <laughs> We're ramping up to something very special next month, and if you were here with us last year in October, you know what it is. But still, so long. It's been so long <laughs> since we recorded. Well, I couldn't leave my best girl. Now when she owes me a dance, now she owes me things Dance. Now <laughs> no, she owes me a dance. A
1: dance. Oh, Steve. 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 Why do we like that part so much?
0: I don't know. It's just our ears go hunting for those little micro hooks and we we exaggerate and we elaborate and it turns Steve into Steve. It's been so long. (laughs) When really it's just like, it's been so long.
1: But it's like her old person makeup and I don't know. It's funny. Yeah,
0: which is like half practical, half CGI. It's really (laughs) off-putting. Well, I couldn't leave my best girl. Not when she owes me a dance. And not when she owes me a dance a becomes. Now she owes me a dance. Yeah, what? Well, oh my God, well, she owes well, me a dance. D- why are you
1: talking like
0: that? <laughs> why are you talking like that? Hey, we should start the program.
1: Okay.
2: Hey, Angie and Jeff. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Queen
0: bees. What is it? Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just made that today. Ah. Hi.
0: Jim that's, Rash.
1: That's from Community.
0: I love Jim Rash's voice. Pie. It's such a great read. Oh There's so much emotion and creepiness and, and feeling in that.
1: <laughs> and I love that I expect the hi. Yeah. So <laughs> when you throw a little curveball in there, it makes it, you know what it does? What? It makes it fun. It
0: makes it fun. It's fun uh hello yes hi hello hello hi is cruel to rewind the world's greatest underground chicago-based movie podcast i am prince jeffrey
1: i am queen bees
0: and it's lovely to be with you
1: angie hi it's Angie. yes
0: it is her prince jeffrey what are you
3: the prince of the land of stinky butts that never (laughs) stop smelling jesus
0: karen karen come on karen um, Can
1: HR say stinky butts? Is that allowed?
0: Is Karen in HR or is Emma, uh, the Englishwoman in oh. HR? I can't. It's our, our network is expanding so quickly. Our in front staff of
1: our is just multiplying.
0: Yeah. Our vast uh, uh, multimedia empire um,
1: conglomerate.
0: C2R star. We're
1: <laughs> Entertainment C2R20.
0: Entertainment C2R20. That's a better name. Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's let go. We went public Hi. this week. <laughs> uh, it's great to be with you, dear listener. We are, uh, this is sort of a bonus episode, but really it deserves more respect than that. Um, we had a wonderful interview with the great Lisa Downs, the director, editor, producer. She wore all the hats.
1: Everything. We learned that she. In these situations, you have to do a little bit of everything.
0: Yes. She did everything for Life After the Navigator, a wonderful documentary about Flight of the Navigator that also delves into the life of Joey Kramer after the film. This is our first interview with someone in the business. Hopefully, it's the first of many. So, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm getting a fax. Um, What is Hmm? this? Just a moment. I always get stuck what the fuck is this come on yeah hello <laughs>
1: oh god
0: Burps. why is it why is it burping so yeah we just got a fax from our uh c2r research czar tony baloney
1: tony baloney
0: regarding uh the last episode uh princess diaries genovia Mm-hmm. The Principality of Genovia is based on a real country. It's based really? on Andorra.
1: Andorra. Where is that?
0: A sovereign landlocked microstate on the Iberian what? Peninsula nestled between France and Spain in the oh. Pyrenees Mountains, just like the movie. Yeah. That's where Genovia is. Who knew?
1: I wish I knew more about geography. I wish my my brain um, held on to facts like that and, and absorbed them and kept them forever.
0: Yeah, me too the the amount of content i take in and then don't retain yeah. is staggering and that's i think part of that is a little bit of adhd but that's yeah. crazy
1: are people actually smart or do they just have a better memory
0: there's a lot of debate about that are oh. you just retaining facts
1: i don't retain how facts. are
0: you synthesizing those facts that you do retain you know it it's it's not really our purview we're not going to get into it but yeah th- th- there's a lot of debate <laughs> around that I feel like I know a lot. It's just that my brain doesn't work that well all the time. Mm. You know?
1: I just, I feel like I just can't quite remember things.
0: Your brain seems to discard a lot and move along, which maybe is healthy.
1: So Genovia is based on a very confusing sovereign state, land in the middle of countries in, what was it called?
0: Andorra. It's a landlocked microstate on the Iberian Peninsula.
1: Landlocked microstate.
0: I know. Isn't that interesting?
1: Wow. Okay. Isn't that wild?
0: And I th- I think it's also loosely, I think there's a little bit of Monaco sprinkled on top. Yeah. Like Monaco, Andorra. Neither nation speaks Italian, so I yeah. still don't understand where that hairdresser's coming from.
1: I, yeah, I don't understand the, <laughs> the, the Italy better, uh, connection, but that's
0: okay. Where is the beautiful girl? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that's why we hired uh, C2R Research Czar, uh, Tony Bologna. Uh I wish you would have let us know that earlier, because um, now we look like assholes.
2: <laughs> you don't know everything! I am an asshole!
0: Okay. And we're moving along. Well, well. Moving along. <laughs> the plan forward is to <laughs> move it along. Okay. Everybody, understand me? (coughs) What else? We've got some voicemails. We want to honor Norm McDonald, who just passed away, and I'm gonna let C2R superfan Will tee us up with this voicemail that he left before Norm passed, Mm -hmm. and then we'll we'll head into what I want to say.
2: Hey, Jeff. DMG. To do our super fan will. Just dawn I on me. Mean, I should probably switch that every now and then. I mean, I know I'm closer with jobs, uh, personally, but I you know, I should say A N G A just sometimes too, just to mix it up. Yeah. Um, I just finished the Princess Diaries episode and um Riddles with riddles with problematic um statements
0: all right let us have it did
2: you get to i first of all i want to address hating and half mm. i didn't really know people hated her i guess um
1: is it under a rock
2: it's kind of annoying a little annoying
0: sure mm-hmm. yeah.
2: i'll give you that i guess i didn't know there was vitriol
0: hate's a strong word she is annoying did She's we annoying? say hate we
1: I, may have i mean the public kind of attacked her for a little while and that kind of manifests into hate when it's really just like poking at someone who people find annoying. Yeah. So, we probably said hate, but Got you know, yeah. we use it. The grain
0: salt. We overuse those words.
2: Good, sir. Um, I think it's like, to me, she's, she kind of, like there's a lot of actors and actresses who like kind of just play themselves all the time. There's quite a few of those. Uh, I think she's one of them, you know, the, the, um, the Denzels of the world. He's, you know, all from this person, he's just a slightly different version of himself. Um, and she's one of those, but I think you, that you kind of have to grow out of it at some point, and I don't think she ever did that. Um... A lot of a lot of the other. I mean, look at like George Clooney, like young George Clooney, mm-hmm. and then like he's kind of expanded and been able to kind of be different, find different aspects of himself. Where she's really just kind of just been that kind of Ugh, goofy, but we can all tell you're a like you said a fancy blue blood, so we don't really buy it. So I think that's part of why her issue. I also want to ask why you threw. A jab at Norm MacDonald? for (laughs) some reason out of the blue. (laughs) God damn it! Saying you like Tina Fey more than him.
0: I don't have an answer for you.
2: I mean, I know you guys like Tina Fey, but we do. As far as update goes, I
0: don't think Tina Fey could have manned that desk alone. That's sexist. I'm offended. Is it only for men? You're You're right, but we're offended.
2: Canadian National Treasure. Yep. Next thing I want to mention, um, Sandra O. Oh, I I don't understand. You guys like Sandra O. Oh? I didn't know people did that. Of course. I thought everyone hated her because she's constantly huh. overacting. Oh, just a little bit I close. don't think so. She's not like on an eleven. She's at like a s- ten and a half all the time. Hmm. Huh.
1: I fan. would consider is he confusing there. Anne Hathaway with Sandra O. Oh?
0: Maybe. <laughs> up, up, cut him off again. Oh, sh- Up against Bummer. the time limit, Will Green missed out on uh, finishing his point, but he called back. Hang on.
2: Part of it feels like you guys are there listening, like, like it's an old-style <laughs> answering machine. Yeah. And then, like, right when you get tired of me, you, like, pick up the handset, put it back down again. Never get tired of you. Hopefully that's not the case. But the uh, last thing I wanted to mention is uh, I want to officially start a campaign. Uh-oh. To have Brink! Exclamation point! Be a listener pick. Oh, it's happening. Uh, I really wanna. I Brink. really wanna hear Justin Oh Brink. yes.
1: We'll be doing Brink. Yes, uh, will yes. Classic
2: Disney movie that isn't good, but I think we we all love it a little bit. I'm a little old for it. My little sister would watch it. You're right. And I would uh, pretend I didn't like it, but it was. Oh yeah, sure. Those rollerblading guys stuck me right in. Yeah, I wish
0: I was
2: home. So, I said, "That's an official su- listener pick submission that I would like to put in." I don't know if there's Done. a Dropbox or like, or like a place where I fax can it mail over, mail that, but it's
0: like free as it looks.
2: Okay. Uh, so, yeah, big swing and I missed on this last episode, guys. <laughs> but um, you know, five hundred is not bad. Baseball player You're doing the whole fame. You know
1: what I mean <laughs> See ya Big swing and a miss
0: Big swing and a miss on that one I love that uh, That's good oh. So We are gonna do Brink
1: Yeah for sure Brink
0: Exclamation point
1: Yes Brink Brink
0: Do it again Break <laughs> brag! <laughs> Stop it! I listened to this voicemail weeks ago, and I realized after saying, quote, I want all the smoke, and Tina Fey's better than Norm, I can't really defend that position. Like, I'm far more familiar with Norm's material in that role, and then Norm passed away while I was preparing the statement to walk back what I said. yeah. So we just want to honor him briefly. I just, well, let me just say, I get overexcited when we talk about Tina Fey Mm because of all the entertainment she's given us. You know, 30 Rock, Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt, uh, Girls 5 Eva. Um, I was was sort of transferring that love over to her time at the update desk, even though I couldn't quote one sketch that she did.
1: And that's my... SNL era like that's when I started watching Saturday Night Live and I've gone back and watched old stuff before seeing old clips but that was my era and maybe I've influenced you a little bit into thinking but you know like your era of SNL is very personal and very special to you and that's mine and I'm sure I project a lot of it onto you and I I just I love her yeah I think she's done a lot for uh, for comedy um, so oh, maybe I maybe I've uh, projected that a little bit onto you, and
0: it's possible
1: because <laughs> that that was my era, but your era was a little bit before that. You know? Yeah, it's
0: before possible that. that you poisoned my mind.
1: Yeah, so it's it's all my fault.
0: I do. There is an early two thousands blind spot for me with SNL. Like I I think I tuned out for a little bit because I can't tell you a bit that they did. Uh, Tina and Jimmy. Besides, guess what, Tina? You didn't invent glasses. <laughs> That's the only one I can remember, and then. Kind of mid to late two thousands, I started to really love it. Kristen Wiig, Will Forte,
1: yeah,
0: Bill Hader, like unbelievable talent. Seth Myers and Amy Poehler on the update desk, mm-hmm. but
1: that's probably the one I remember a little bit more. But
0: I do love that era.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I was mid twenties. It's just the perfect time. My first SNL anchor was Kevin Nealon. And then Norm Macdonald came out of nowhere, just sort of a punk rock, (laughs) I don't give a fuck aesthetic. And I just, I heard a super cut of his OJ jokes and his (laughs) Michael Jackson jokes.
1: Oh, wow. Yes.
0: It blew my mind. And then there's also, you can look it up on YouTube when he came back and hosted SNL Uh in 1999. After being fired a year and a half earlier.
1: That's insane.
0: And it's brilliant. So what I'm saying is I'm walking back my statement that Tina Fey is better at update than norm because I can't back it up and could like I can't defend that position. Um, so, C2R super fan, will you took me down a peg or two, and you're, you were right to do so.
1: I mean, I I knew about Norm Macdonald in eighth grade when I watched Billy Madison eight hundred times. <laughs> I watched it every day after school.
0: <laughs> so that's
1: that's all. That's the that's the norm. I'll always think of is yeah. just watching that movie over and over. And then he was on. I think the most recent thing I saw him on was he came on to David Spade's show lights out you know the last couple years i think 2019 is when that show was on yep he he does a really good job at making people who are very comfortable like being weird and funny and making them feel a little awkward and not really sure what to do and he did that on his episode um and it's fun when people can get david spade kind of like a little bit uncomfortable
0: Think about what you just said. He makes those <laughs> who make others uncomfortable for a living uncomfortable. Yeah. So that's like a black belt. Yeah. In jujitsu. Yeah.
3: It's
1: like,
0: great. if there's anything above a black belt, I don't know. He's like a, he's like a, ma- a grand master twice over. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but Norm occupies a space in my mind, similar to Maria Bamford or David Tell. He's just like, he's someone your favorite comics look up to and revere. Mm hmm he's a borderline folk hero and he will be missed.
2: Okay. So let's recap. The bad news is I'm still not funny. The good news is the show blows. All right, folks, we got a bad show for you tonight. Dr. Dre, Snoop, doggy dog, and M and M are here.
0: Okay. All right. Let's cleanse the palate. Um, with everybody's favorite, uh, impish spicy Pete.
2: Oh, Hey guys. it's Spicy Pete Colin Just want to let you know, I really appreciated the uh, discussion about Eric von Detten, uh, <laughs> without any sarcasm. I saw a brink in 1998 and it was right before I started high school. And I, uh, I saw Eric von Detten in that and I was like, Oh cool. That's, that's going to be my look. <laughs> so I grew my hair out and I uh, did the little, uh, the little highlights.
1: I need a picture, and, uh, please.
2: Uh, I may have I may have printed a picture of him. Just, yep. Just Prove it. You know, <laughs> just to look at to uh, you know for the hair and stuff. Nothing. Nothing uh, else. Okay. But uh, also, a side <laughs> note: Did you know that he was the voice of
0: Sid? Yes. In the Toy Story movies. So cool, huh? <laughs> Eric Von Denton. All right, bye. I think that kid is some kind of lunatic or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to talk about Brink.
0: I'm excited, too. Yeah. Thanks for calling Spicy Pete and see to our super fan, Will. <laughs> All right. Was there anything else?
1: Well, since we're talking about Flight of the Navigator yes. in this interview, there's some hot news that just came out yesterday. Yesterday being, well, no, I'm sorry. It came out uh, the 15th of September. Yep. We spoke to Lisa about the fourth or fifth. So unfortunately, we didn't have this hot news when we spoke. Oh, I
0: wish we did. Man.
1: I know. But uh, Deadline reports that Flight of the Navigator female reboot in the works at Disney with Bryce Dallas Howard directing and producing. I would have loved to ask her what she felt about
0: this. Me too.
1: I have my my personal feelings. Would you like me to go first? Yes, please. So if you listen to episode 41, you know that I did not grow up watching this movie. So I don't feel that connection or ownership over the movie because I just saw it, you know, a couple months ago for the first time. And I remember talking about how there are certain parts where you think, wow, what could have happened there to make the stakes a little bit higher and uh, Mm. take the story in kind of a, a, a different way? Like when Davey has to, make the decision to do whatever to take the spaceship back into like the present day or the day that he was supposed to be in. Yes. And he kind of just like decides to do it and then does it and it works. But like, what would happen if he like went into another time or dimension? Like what are these other elements that could have happened? That's where my brain went because you know, just I've seen newer stuff that's been out, like how they kind of take the story in different ways. So I'm kind of excited I think, like, do tr- do a different story. Like, en- enhance it a little bit, you know. But but but, do a very, uh, do a nod to the original. Keep gotta. some of those things in there because keep, it's very important.
0: Keep the dogs playing Frisbee. You sure. gotta have it. Yes. If you don't have it, I don't want to see it. Oh, you come on.
1: And there's some buzz around yeah. about... How can you incorporate Joey Kramer into this story? Could he be a dad? Could he be some other figure? And I am I hope, I hope there's a, a cameo or a role or something. I think that would be amazing.
0: Yes, we noticed that Lisa on Twitter was mm-hmm. quick to suggest you gotta get Joey Kramer involved mm-hmm. as the father. The father. <laughs> you gotta have it. The father. He's the sweetest man who yep. ever lived great actor let's reboot his career let's let's get him in there
1: yeah can you imagine like on. he's Come the on. dad of some daughter that finds out about his past or something like let's let's do this let's do it let's do it
0: if not this movie it's a crime if he's not going to be in this movie but I, I like can Quentin Tarantino cast him in something like he's famous <laughs> for rebooting careers get a hold of Joey just do it somebody do it and I hope Paul Rubens Will be oh my involved. Gosh, yeah. In this one as well.
1: Enough talking.
0: Enough talking. Let's get to our interview with the great Lisa Downs. Compliance. Very well, my lady. <laughs> Could you As I live and breathe, it's Lisa Downs. The Lisa Downs.
3: Can you hear me okay?
0: Yes, we yeah. can. We are talking with Lisa Downs, director, producer, and editor. Of
3: among other things, among caterer. So many, things. <laughs>
0: so many hats that you wear. Uh, sure. So yeah, this all of this began with a friendly Instagram comment on one of our posts. And That's
3: good. I yeah. forget how it started. I just remember messaging you.
0: I think we put out a message that we were going to cover Flight of the Navigator on our podcast. And you said, hey, make sure you see Life After the Navigator. You're not going to want to miss it.
3: <laughs> yep. So director, producer, editor, PR, marketing, trying to get the word out.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
3: Yeah, that's what you
0: have to do. Yeah. Months later, here we are chatting. And we're very grateful. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank um, you
1: for asking me.
0: And I'm Jeff, a.k.a. Prince Jeffrey. This is Angie, a.k.a. Queen Bees. Yes.
1: Hello. So
0: I, I wanted to talk a little bit. I wanted to gush a little bit, actually, because I took a deep dive on the web show last night on oh, thank YouTube. You. I'm even more flattered that you're here because you've talked to Brian May, not once, but twice.
3: (laughs) I know how bizarre is that? And he like, he's just so lovely. And I, I thought, you know what it took for life after flash about two years to get his contact and then a year to actually make it happen. I was like, if I'm going to email about the web show, like really, is he going to find the time? But it was like the 40th anniversary of Flash Gordon. Life After Flash happened to be on the box set. And I was like, let me donate some money to charity, Brian, and you know, maybe you can come on. And he was like, yep, how about Thursday? So <laughs> did not expect that, but yeah, very lucky.
0: He actually proposed the date. What a sweetheart. What a good guy.
3: <laughs> He's just the nicest person.
0: And it, uh, the sense that I got watching you and Ash talk to him was that you could come over for tea at any time and just hang out at Brian May's house.
3: You know what? It it kind of feels that way. It felt like that because we um, did the the initial interview at his house and he was the one that suggested having a piano so he could play a bit of the original song. And I was like, when we talked on the web show, I think I said to him at the end, I'm like, if you were ever down near where where we lived, like come and have a cup of tea. And I was deadly serious. And I'm like, it feels like someone that you could just be friends with. But I'm sure he gets that all the time where Mm -hmm. he'll just be like, I don't know who you are, but... He just is so, just has this amazing energy and you just feel like you've known him for years. Yeah.
0: Very warm, very open. And he he looks like what you want a rock star to look like. <laughs> like he's got all of his exactly. hair. It's beautiful. A, sh- a shocking white mane of hair. It's great. <laughs>
3: exactly. No, I was just blown away that he would even say yes once, let alone twice. So I was, yeah, beyond pleased.
0: Yeah. So you've talked to the best of the best um, and now you're here. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But A couple of nobodies in Chicago but In Chicago um,
0: Life After the Navigator it, it is just the most Joyous look at that film From 1986 um, And at the same time Somehow this deep examination of Joey Kramer's Life since breaking Through in the movie And you do it seamlessly Which I think is impressive um, Thank you
3: it didn't feel seamless
0: I'm sure I'm sure I'm just impressed at how it goes from. Let's talk about the technical aspects of the film. Then we're going to hang over here on Joey's life for a bit. Then we're going to have some more stories from the film. It just, it really weaves together. Well,
3: well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that because I was super conscious of that because I wanted to do it similar to life after flash, but a lot of the, a lot of the criticisms that I had on flash was, it was too kind of jilted between it was like too much behind the scenes. And then it kind of went to the personal story and then behind the scenes. And so I was really conscious from what people had said about flash to try and really do it slightly smoother in this one. So I'm glad you said that.
0: Yeah. I, I think you pulled it off. It I, You just, you feel like you're carried along on this wave going from subject to subject and the, the transition just happens seamlessly. And you know, before you know it, you know all about Joey Kramer's struggles and the film by the end of it. It's, it's just, it's an achievement. Um, so first question here, why did you want to tell the story of flight of the navigator in the first place?
3: Well, halfway through doing flash, I wanted to do a series. I wanted to do another one. And then I was like, I really like the idea of doing this life after series. I want to celebrate these films that I grew up with. Um, And just tell these stories and the kind of USP that I was going for was there are so many making of documentaries coming out and had been out. I wanted the point of difference to be the kind of biographical look you got at their lives and this kind of insight into these people that you wouldn't normally get if you just sat them down for an hour and asked about how it was making the film. So Mm -hmm. halfway through during Flash, I started thinking about other films that I loved and, you know, there are a few kind of, tick boxes to try and get the right film in person, um, for life after. Uh, and I was like, well, oh, I mean, fly the navigator, you know, I had a list of like five films straight away and one mm-hmm. of them was fly the navigator. And then I remember going to a party, um, and on the way I Wikipedia'd him and read what you read on Wikipedia about him. Yeah. And I just thought, I said to Ash, I said, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. I feel like there's a story here. And it's, as Cliff says in the documentary, it's not just about this kid actor that goes to jail. It's about what happened. Like something had to happen for him to go from this, like being this incredible child actor to robbing a bank, however many years later. So that was was it. As soon as I read his Wikipedia page, also not knowing how much was true from the Wikipedia page because you don't know what to believe, really on the internet. Absolutely. Um, As soon as I read that, I was like, I've not seen anything on flight of the navigator. There were no sequels. It's like this magical little film that just exists. And then this kid went AWOL. So that was the moment that I set my mind on trying to find him.
0: Wow. So, okay. So you read the Wikipedia page on the way to the party. What's the next Mm -hmm. step? What did it take to actually meet him and get him on board?
3: There was, the the, the information that I had was his birth date, his crime, the bank that he robbed and the court that he was in. Mm -hmm. So from there you can find, I found the court record, I found the court case number, I found out his sentence which then I found out that if it's two years plus it's federal, if it's two years less a day it's correctional. So I knew he was in a correctional centre. And so I went to the headquarters, the BC British Columbia headquarters of the correctional centres and asked them, how do I get in contact with someone? They said, we can't tell you what correctional centre he's in, but you can write a letter as long as you have his full name and his birth date. If you get that wrong, it won't get to him. If it does get to him, we can't tell you if it got to him. You just have to wait for a response. So I hoped the Wikipedia page was right with his details wrote this letter to the BC Correctional Centre and then probably like a couple of weeks later got a call from his mum. Oh, <laughs> She's wow. so sweet. The sweetest. Um, she's like, oh, Joe, Joe got your message. He was so excited. Um, he was having trouble trying to connect to the UK, so he asked if I could give you his mailing address for the centre. So then like, oh, yes, of course. Um, and then I just wrote to him. And then we became pen pals. I wrote this letter about what I had been doing with Flash. It wasn't finished. There was nothing to show, but just said, that's my goal. This is what I want to do. I grew up with Flash the Navigator. I want to tell your story. I don't want to make it anything that it's not. Tell it your way, you know. Um, and then we just had a few months of writing back and forth while he was in jail about maybe we could use his music in it and other things we could do. And, you know, when he gets out, what does he want to do And we just really bonded over these letters and he was totally up for it. And then I first met him was maybe about six months after he came out. So some of the footage you see in the documentary, I'd sent him a camera, this tiny little camera. I For him to record bits until I could get out there, which, you know, is the first thing you see of him. And I think it's like this really poignant moment in his life. He'd only been out maybe two months when he filmed that and... So I was very lucky to be there on the whole journey of him getting out and recovering. So the timing was perfect. How
1: long uh, did you film with him from when you sent him those cameras to when he was walking around downtown Vancouver?
3: Yeah, probably... we we sent him the cameras end of 2017. Mm-hmm. I met him the beginning of 2018 and we finished the film the end of 20, beginning of 2020, end of 2019. So it was a couple of years, mm-hmm. at least a couple of years for the whole process. And, and even now, like you see the end of the film at the reunion mm-hmm. and the Egyptian theatre scene is actually after the reunion bit, but you can see it's like face changing and it's, his energy changing yes. and even now watching the film and still speaking to him, like he's so different now than yeah. he is even at the end of the film. Like he's always just improving and getting better. And so it's really lovely to see how he's like, what he's accomplished in such a short amount of time.
1: Yeah. That's really captured throughout the whole film about, I mean, th- that was one of my questions. I'm like, how long, what is the time frame? Because you see such big changes and it was just really, yeah. really well, that cool. First,
3: the first clip he did, he said he had just celebrated his 44th birthday. And last couple of weeks ago, he just had his 48th birthday. Wow. So it's still, it's not that long in what you mm-hmm. kind of feel like someone overcoming such issues yeah. would take. And I keep saying to him, on even on his birthday, I was like, think of where you were four years ago. Like yeah. just so incredible and inspiring. And here I am like, trying to go to the gym for a week and going, oh, can't. And then I think of like what he's achieved. And I just think I'd be stupid. Like, it's the most incredible thing. And he has this amazing strength that he did that. And so, yeah, I'm so like lucky that I got to be there for it and see the changes.
0: And he looks great for 48. Yeah. Let me tell you.
3: Right. He looks so great. For 48. <laughs> I never would have guessed.
0: My God. Um, w- watching the film a second time. I, I really like what you did. There's a point where he's speaking and over the top of this, you overlay, you know, the things he's been charged with, the the, the things that led up to jail time. And it's done so subtly and nuanced. I thought it was very respectful um, of Joey.
3: Well, yeah, thank you. And that was a, a really big point that I had said to him at the beginning. Like, I don't want this to feel like some TMZ yes, dramatic story of, you know, Charles style goes off the rails and oh, Yes. Like it's not, it's not my story to tell in a way that I want to, if he's not happy. And he was involved with, um, I sent him a couple of edits beforehand and to make sure that he was happy and that I didn't take anything out of context. But for me, it wasn't so much to go into the detail, um, Of everything that happened. I mean, that first interview that I did with him where he was wearing the NASA shirt, the main one was Mm -hmm. like four hours long. And there was so much stuff that I didn't include Mm -hmm. about his story. And I said to him, I said, look, what I've tried to do is pick the key points that were real turning points in his life and follow that as the narrative. And so you at least understand what he's been through without going into... all the little details right. and the things that happened. And so for me, just having that section where you have literally just all the court records come up was yeah. A way of going, you know, look, he, he got into some trouble. We don't have to go into every single one of these because the main one is the bank robbery. That was the turning point of him to change his life. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to, yeah, I was trying to be respectful. Yeah. <laughs> in that sense.
0: It comes through. It really hit me the second time watching. Um, So well done on that. And it's just a reminder. He's such a sweet man. You see that throughout the film. It's just a reminder that given the circumstances, I don't know, there's no telling how we'll react to a certain set of circumstances. Like young stardom must be unbelievably jarring. I mean, we see it time and again, but it's just a good reminder of that. Well,
3: that's it. And it's not always a product of home life. It's not always a product of on set. You know, a few people had asked him, oh, hey, you know, what was the set of Navigator like if that, you know, if you had kind of gone down that path. And, you know, he had an amazing time on set. There was nothing that happened that has happened to other kids, child actors. Um, You know, his mom, everything he did, everything she did was just with the best intentions and, you know, wanting the best for him. And just, it was just circumstances of the school and the friends and yeah, you don't know what is gonna be the trigger for these child actors, but I guess it's different environments of how they cope with it. Mm-hmm. And it's such an impressionable age, two, thirteen or twelve or you know, it's really hard. So, you know, he had the best of intention saying, you know, I really wanna act, but let me be sensible. I wanna go back, I wanna go to school and have normal friends have a normal experience and then I'll get back into acting. Let's finish my high school degree. And Mm -hmm. so he had the best of intentions. It's just, you know, it's so it's heartbreaking when you, you see it happen, but yeah, it happens so frequently to child actors for whatever reason it is that causes them to go down that path. They're so influenced. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if his dad really said what he said to him, word for word, um, I don't know how I would react either. That that scene was heartbreaking,
3: mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and if, there was a, there was a lot of other stuff that he had talked about with his dad too that I didn't include. Sure, sure. Um, But yeah, you know, it again, it's it's heartbreaking. But then you see how I guess his his existence came to be and carolyn is the loveliest woman but some people might go well you know there wasn't a stable home life they were living on a hippie commune and she just picked a friend to have a kid with without thinking of him having a father figure and so there's all these just so many factors in it but Mm. bless him he's like you know always had the the best intentions of even when he was going through the rough patches
0: you see that do, do you guys keep in touch regularly you too
3: yeah all the time he's That's like great. he's coming his mom's coming to stay with me in november he's coming to stay with me in december um because oh. they're out for a couple of things he's gonna hope he's gonna be at the comic-con in scotland in six weeks so i'll go up to oh, cool. see him and be at that and we talk regularly i send him birthday presents he's yeah he's a super super good friend
0: cool does he send you demos Of of songs,
3: (laughs) no, he hasn't. I don't know if he's (laughs) written anymore. I have to ask him.
0: I'm sure he has this extensive back catalog of songs. It's so cool when he was sitting down with the guitar. uh,
3: Yeah, and you, and just kind of listening to the lyrics and knowing when he wrote them and why he was writing them was. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a talent for sure.
0: Yeah. Bottom line, Joey Kramer is the sweetest.
3: Top Uh, guy, two thumbs up. Two thumbs up.
0: (laughs) Would recommend. Um, so apart from Joey, Mm -hmm. what was the most difficult interview to secure for the, for the film?
3: For Navigator, I was very, very lucky. Flash, so many. Navigator, Randall was one of the first people that I met because Joe still had his email address and connected me. And Randall came to, I mean, so like he didn't have to, he, I emailed him. I was like, I'm having a screening of life after Flash in LA. Like maybe you want to come, you Mm -hmm. know? and he did. Wow. I was like, no one, no one does that, but he did. He came and I talked to him afterwards and I explained what I wanted to do. And he was like, yep, happy to help. However you want to help. Wow. So I Absolutely. interviewed him and then he came on board as an EP, um, because he was so supportive of the film and pretty much is still in contact with everyone. So he just emailed, um, nearly everyone, Albie Whitaker, I found on Facebook and tracked him down to his mm-hmm. work and then Kerry Rogers, I had seen on Twitter that her daughter was acting, and she had tweeted saying, "Hey, if there's a sequel to *Flight of the Navigator*, cast my daughter." And hmm. I connected with her, and um, but yeah, it was surprisingly easy, wow. which was amazing after the 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 attempts at getting interviews for, for *Flash*. But they, I mean, the most there was one interview that. I would have loved to have happened, which was Alan Silvestri, the composer. Yes. Um, Randall reached out to him and he did say that he was willing, but I think it was at the time of Endgame. So he was slightly... Little busy. Busy. Well busy. will little tied up. <laughs> A little busy with Und- Endgame. Uh, so he was one that was difficult in the sense that I couldn't make happen, which was disappointing. But I feel like everyone else, you know, so many people are in it from the cast and the crew that I don't really feel like you're missing it Too much. No. And I never expected Sarah Jessica Parker to say yes. (laughs) Right. Yeah. She's the Timothy Dalton of Navigator.
0: Yes. Right. (laughs) Did you approach Paul Rubens at all?
3: (laughs) I did. I did. Through Randall. Um, Really lovely. Really lovely guy. Super lovely response. Very respectful. And just said, um, thank you, but it's not for me. But I have very fond memories of the film. And so I was like, you know what? Not everyone wants to talk about it. Yeah. Um, I reminded him how much he meant to fans and, you know, super, super lovely. That's but great. would have obviously loved to have spoken to him.
0: Going back to Alan Silvestri, I could watch that opening sequence of the dogs playing frisbee and the 80s synth on a, on a loop. I could watch that all day.
3: <laughs> I was trying for the documentary. I was trying to find a dog Frisbee show to go and film that. And we actually had plans to go to Florida. I was going to meet Joe there and we were going to go back to all the locations and do like a little walk and talk around the houses and go to Disney World to try and find the ship. And then I was going to try and find a dog Frisbee show, but that was one of the trips that I had to cancel because of lockdown. That was going to be early last year. So I didn't get to do it. Um, And we had also had plans to go to um, see Ed I. In well, in person, mm-hmm. but luckily his son had a 4K iPhone, so his interviews done on an iPhone. Um, I don't know if you can tell, um, so yeah. that would have been nice to do that, but yeah, unfortunately, that trip didn't happen, but we made it. Yes, you did. Anyway. Yes, you did. <laughs> but yeah, I would have loved to have done a frisbee thing. That was, I was that was the first thing when Joe said yes, I was like, right, I'm gonna do frisbees, I'm gonna get dogs, I'm gonna have that whole intro. I have like the introduction of the documentary, I don't know if you've, anyone notices, but I had all the names pop up, like the same like, position and the speed as the intro of Navigator. And so oh, I really wanted wow. to do this whole homage to oh, the opening. Wow. That's great. Yeah.
0: Yes. And I don't know what it is, but it's just 80s kid catnip to see dogs catching Frisbees with the synth behind it. It's.
3: Just I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's a true iconic moment.
0: It is, and it I had I had no memory of it revisiting the film when we watched it for our podcast. I had no memory of this dog frisbee really? scene. I was just blown away. Yeah.
3: Wow. Yeah. What was your memory of it then?
0: I mean, it's it's mostly Paul Rubens based. Like when right. he when he shifts his voice from that cold mechanical machine to Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. My my I just had fireworks going off in my little brain, you know.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah I, perfect costing then.
0: Yeah.
1: And I of course have never had never seen it because the premise of our show is just sharing movies back and forth. Cause our age gap now is is doesn't really matter, but you know, in nineteen ninety when I'm four and he's nine or in nineteen ninety-five when I'm a little bit older and he's in high school. It's just like you're in these completely different worlds of movies. So this was a movie that he had shared with me that I'd never seen before. I didn't really grow up watching sci-fi movies um, when I was how younger. You
3: when you, so you only just saw it for the first time not long ago. Yeah, just so a few how months ago. does it ago. hold up without that... Because this is an argument all the time people have. Without that nostalgic connection, right. does it hold up as a film
1: now? I Yeah, because... Now that I'm, um, you know, we've been together 12 years, so I've been introduced to a lot of sci-fi movies, old ones, seeing new ones that come out. And so you're watching these TV shows and these movies, and they just, it's just the sweet spot of finding like a charismatic kid and a great sci-fi story. And you're going to have, a, you know, a great film to watch. So watching flight of the navigator you're seeing where all these new shows and movies are pulling from and you're like seeing the original like this is this is what it's based off of they're trying to find this really charismatic interesting kid actor which i'm sure is so hard to do i mean 12 year olds are
0: yeah not often charismatic
1: not often charismatic (laughs) but um so it was just I mean, I loved, it was just this really cool connection point to see where these newer movies and shows are pulling from. You know, this is the I mean, original. This is I think is the, the basis. CGI,
3: the effects hold up too. Like yeah. sometimes even, I was watching Titanic not long ago and I was like, <laughs> it's kind of shifty on the green screen there. But um, I think it really holds up for an 80s film with those special effects. It's brilliant.
0: The, the combination of the early CGI and the stage magic. My yeah. God. Yeah incredible you can't duplicate that
3: well they got an actual magician in which i didn't know until i made the documentary (laughs) i mean it makes sense
0: (laughs) one of the parts we really liked there's a quick segment with the original writer mark h baker yeah um he talks about the original story idea he had where the machine is built from the kids dreams and it's it's very surreal did he go into any more detail about that that was fascinating
3: he did, and I actually asked him if he still had um, a copy of it because I wanted to show some of the oh, original God. sections of it. Um, he had thrown out all the hard copies, and the only copy he had was on a floppy disk, and he had no way to oh. access the floppy oh, disk. Oh, no. um, So he was trying, and then I think it was encrypted as well. I, like, he put a password on it. So it, I had really tried to get a copy of the original script. Oh, no. Um but no, his main thing was just it was it was a lot darker um, than this one. It wasn't so much a family film. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, little things like the brothers' names were different too, but it was um, more that they, the theme was about having this technology that they don't understand and they have to try and make it work and build this spaceship again using the maps in David's mind. Um, and they were more like, fights with the government and it was much it was a much darker older audience before disney family fight it yeah yeah. It.
0: yeah yeah it's fascinating I, Just,
3: think he, I think he wanted it to be darker <laughs> i think to so be honest. um randall had said there are about 21 script rights rewrites from Oof. his script to the finished product wow So a lot of change, like the Puck Marin wasn't originally in it. A lot of the characters, the little um, aliens were all introduced to make it more Disney. Uh, That wasn't in the original script. Oh, wow.
0: Second to Paul Rubens, that's my number two memory, is the wall of creatures. It's (laughs) indelible. Like, once you see that as a kid. And how
3: there isn't any real merchandise
0: (laughs) for it. (laughs) Right.
3: I don't know. I mean, if they set that film up to be merchandise city with all those little creatures and then like, I, I guess, you know, if Disney only owned the rights to North America, maybe it was an issue with licensing or, you know, but it just seems crazy that they hadn't done any merchandise on it.
0: That's a great point. Like eBay should be full of those plush creatures right now for sale. <laughs> I, completely. I
3: completely completely yeah i mean joe there was a limited edition i don't think it's out yet someone had made um a little david freeman pop character um nice i don't think they've started selling it yet but they have made one. Oh, um, cool not, not through the pop vinyl but their own company but i would love to have like a little puck marin on my shoulder oh yeah, my yeah. gosh yeah.
0: it would it would be a number one seller
1: we love trinkets and collectibles yes <laughs> from movies
3: more of those we yeah need
0: them. we're we're working on a proper studio that's full of them full of trinkets full of collectibles
3: uh, that's yeah. what i hope we've got this room next to where i am where i want all my little trinkets that are currently all in bags yep to just you know have they a home. To be seen. Yep. They <laughs> deserve
0: by the way i love the the backdrop you have on the web show it's
3: yeah i good. i so thought you meant like, this one i was like you have loads. i love beige i love, I love that so shade of beige
0: <laughs> no it's do
3: you, do you see um there's a little ufo coming out the side as a nod to fly to the navigator
0: yes the detail is <laughs> great you know you can i can picture you know walking down those steps and seeing the reel-to-reel tape player and all the you know yeah. the, the old school audio equipment It's great
3: yeah the, i interviewed randall for the web show when i um I told him about the backdrop. He's like, Oh, I just thought that it was your house. I was like, I wish. No, <laughs> so, we have a, a, buck hunting machine, but that's about it. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, I would love to have that kind of room.
0: Oh my gosh. To have the navigator crashing through your wall. Of course, who wouldn't? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we could talk about life after the navigator all day, but I'm also curious, are there any other movies from your childhood that come to mind that just made an impact Anything
3: oh my bubble? god! Yes. I mean, my my childhood really was so. I was I was eighty two, so I was a kid of the eighties, but then found out about these early eighties move uh, movies when they were on VHS. Yep. So I didn't really see any of them in the cinema. My first cinema was The Lion King in ninety four. Um, nice. So nice. I kind of missed that whole experience. But I was the VHS generation, so I very much the classic ones was Neverending Story, Labyrinth, Dark Crystal, Toy Soldiers. Corey Haim, oh my god, fight me, yeah. Corey Haim, um, <laughs> like Goonies, Gremlins, that that whole kind of staple of you you say these '80s kids films and like there's no kind of really obscure ones. It's the '80s kids films are my my films that I grew up with.
0: Yeah. Have you ever worked in a video store? I'm just curious. That's a that's a great job for people of our generation. I never did and I kinda of regret I
3: it. I never did. Okay. I really I really wanted to. But I used to go every weekend with my dad and I just loved it. And I used to get three movies every weekend. It'd be one I love, one I haven't seen, and one I haven't heard of that I'd give a chance and that would be my thing every week was get these three movies and Oh, my God. I I feel like they're going to come back in fashion. I feel like blockbuster-style movie stores are going to come back in fashion soon.
0: I think so, too. I think...
3: They're going to regret
1: closing all of the, the video all, stores all the,
3: the last few years. Yeah, because I back. think you have all the kids of the 80s mm-hmm. wanting the 80s back and the 90s back and the simpler times. And, yep. you know, I don't... I like CDs and vinyl. I don't want the cloud. I don't know where anything goes <laughs> to it. So I want, you know, tangible things. So I think we're all at an age now where we're in a position to be making documentaries about these movies and making Marvel movies that honor these movies and setting up blockbusters again and making stranger things. And mm-hmm. you know, we're at that age where we can actually do something about it. So I do think they'll come back. Yes. Yep.
0: We're in control now.
3: Certainly, oh, get out of the way. Get out of the way. VHS
0: is coming back.
3: <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is.
0: It's it's always fun to watch. You see the little flicker on the screen, and it, it's just irresistible. and oh, you have to
3: track it and, and cassette where you get little pencil and
0: Absolutely. wind it up. exactly.
3: <laughs> and that little fluffy bit on the top that where the tape goes would move, and you'd have to like push it back in so it mm-hmm. could play. Oh, brings a tear. I know. <laughs> Our VCR that we got at a thrift store
1: a couple years ago, completely ate a tape. Uh, what were we watching? I can't remember what movie we put in, but so now we have to go on a hunt for another one. We found this $5 VHS uh, or
0: yep uh, VCR. V-
1: VCR player and
0: we thought we hit the jackpot. Yeah, but wasn't meant to be.
3: No, that's why it was five dollars. Yep, yep. <laughs> exactly. I remember the day. I remember the day that my VCR snapped my dark crystal VHS. Oh, it, I was devastated, <laughs> and I—I I don't think I got another one. But I remember the day that it happened, and it was—it was a bad day. Yeah, it's
0: a sad day. I, I, it was
3: a sad day.
0: I'd like to get a, a top-loading VHS to really get the full early '80s experience someday. I never
3: had one of those. Someday, someday. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I'll get the latest technology from 1980 today. Uh, hopefully, it'll <laughs> be a little cheaper.
3: But I miss the days where you would like scour the because I was a Corey Haim. I'm a Corey yep. Haim fan, and his movies would always be on it. 2 a.m. So I would scale the TV guide every week for all the movies of his that would be like in the middle of the night, and you would set the VCR for like 10 minutes before it starts in case it starts early, and 20 minutes after it finishes in case <laughs> it was running late, and oh, just simpler timers.
0: Oh, the best. And and you just had a VHS tape made. Yeah. With the with the it's great. Just
3: arrived this morning. Oh Boom. wow! Look at that. That and also, because I wasn't sure what kind of case it would be, it's a proper plastic, here's what I made earlier, proper plastic, like, rental store. I think all, that, oh. my, all my old Disney cassettes were in this one. Yep. But that... it's super cool. He, it's through lunch Meat. They have, like, the little, like, it looks like, that's my handwriting, if anyone bought a copy.
0: Oh, that's oh, beautiful. Oh, cool. Yeah, shout <laughs> out to Lunch Meet VHS. <laughs>
3: actually, it actually plays as well,
0: so. oh, that's fantastic.
1: Oh, it's such a satisfying snap too. And close that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. We got a little
3: rental sticker on the side and
1: Oh, those are really cool. So,
3: so Bob Lindenmeyer, who did the opening credits and the artwork, redid the artwork for the VHS and Oh, that's so cool.
0: Wow. Wow. Was it hard to get that made? Can you talk no, about that process? So,
3: no. So there's a guy, well, I mean, I wasn't physically involved with the making making of Um, there's a guy called Adam Gradwell who looks after Joey for Comic-Cons and I'm working with to kind of get Life After Movies out to Mm -hmm. Comic-Cons. And he messaged, he was like, you should put it on a VHS. Here's a website. So I emailed the guy and I said, can I put it on a a VHS? (laughs) This is how easy it was. Uh, Sent him a link to the film. He said, loved it. Would love to. I sent him the file and then this arrived in the mail. (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how hard it is for him to do it obviously we had to rejig the artwork for VHS format, but I love like the, like we've got like little creases in the corner as though it's been rented. And so cool. Um, but so I think we'll do it for the next one as well. Excellent. But it's just a fun little collectible. Thing. Those wow. little,
1: those little details are so, they're so cool. They're, I mean, they're just really pulling at your, yes your, Memories. We
0: get all the warm the fuzzies story. looking at that. Yeah, so
3: that's really cool. That's really cool.
0: I'm gonna be first in line for the next one. That's so <laughs> cool.
3: Oh, good. Yeah. Good. I'm excited if we ever get to travel again and finish it. Yeah.
0: Someday, someday we'll travel. Someday. Uh, um. Yeah. Are there any? I know life after a Tray is coming up.
3: Yes, that's the one we're waiting to. Well, there's. I can. I'm waiting to go to America to keep filming with Noah and to do a bunch of other interviews there. But luckily the film was obviously shot in Germany. So next month I'll go to Munich and do some interviews there. And some of the crew were in the UK. So I've started filming. I can keep filming. But, uh, yes, as soon as everything opens up, I'll be back out for that one. Wonderful. But we've had to pause it temporarily.
0: If if you could pick any movie to cover after that, do you have any, you don't have to show your hand if you don't want to, but is there anything you have in the works?
3: Uh, I do. I have two that we're going to start shooting when lockdown lifts. I have another one that I've started shooting. That's um, trickier with a lot of moving pieces. So it's not as official, but so there's three that I would call in production um, and I have a list of, and then one that would be amazing that we're kind of talking about the funding for at the moment. So there's four. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah.
0: That's great to hear. And then
3: obviously a huge wish list.
0: But. Yeah. And you, yeah. you've really tapped into this. I mean, going back to life after Treyo, you talked to the childlike Empress. You talked, I'm blanking on the name of the actress, but like you, Stronach. thank you. You really yeah. dive deep and you, you give us 80s kids exactly what we want. <laughs> There's no other way to say it.
3: <laughs> well, that she, I mean, I haven't done the actual sit-down sit down interview for the documentary yet. Right. But I, um, she was at the Comic Con, Liverpool Comic-Con last March with Noah, which is the last thing that I recorded before lockdown happened like a week later. Um, and then she did the web show. So yes. um, as soon as I can, I'll go and interview her, and she, you know, is – doing man and witch now she's got a. she's back into acting, but she's a dancer. And so I want to get some time with her dancing and, you know, really oh, cool. kind of spend some time with her and marvel again at how beautiful she is. And <laughs> I mean, even my year 12, I did textiles in year 12 and I designed my whole final outfit around the headdress that she wore right, with the little pearl. So I knew I had that. I built that. And I was like, what can I do to fit my, headdress with a child like him and i was like 8 17 so you know it stays with you
0: Uh, yeah this stuff is indelible it just stays with you forever um one final question very random if if it doesn't resonate with you we'll toss it out but have you so you you grew up in australia correct
3: i i did after the age of 10
0: after the age of 10 yeah got it have you? Did you see a movie growing up called Frog Dreaming?
3: No, and I saw your question. Okay. I was like, I, I doesn't even sound. It doesn't even sound familiar. Okay, what is, is? I presume it's Australian.
0: It's it's this Australian kids movie that was repackaged and released in the U.S. And it's it's one of those. I want to do a series on these kinds of movies where it's just it's the foggiest childhood memory. It's just shrouded in. The Fog of Childhood. I haven't seen it since. I just have vague images of it. And I was just wondering if maybe you'd seen it.
3: <laughs> no, but I will I will look at it. I had the same thing for years. I was like, there's a film. There's something about a hanging island and metal giants. And it yeah. really <laughs> frustrated me for like 20 years what it was. And then I found it was the Laputa Castle in the Sky. Got it. Which I haven't rewatched now, but it. Doesn't it annoy you when you have that thing? You're like, yeah. "Oh, the dogs in the frisbee." I know this from
0: somewhere. Yeah, there was a movie with the 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 guy who starred in ET. I'm blanking on his name. Um, Henry Thomas. Thank you. And there's like a crane sinking into a bog, and they think it's a monster, but it's a crane. And the movie's Henry called Thomas. Frog
3: Dreaming. So <laughs> wow. oh, Henry Thomas is in Frog Dreaming. Yes. Oh uh, no.
0: Okay. Well
3: But I will endeavor to watch it. And yes. I hope that you get to as well. Yeah. Yes,
0: yes. We'll do a, a weird series on foggy childhood memory movies.
3: <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a winner.
0: Yes, oh of course. Um th- thank you so much for joining us. Uh this well, is
3: thank
1: you for asking me.
0: Of course. This has been a pleasure.
1: Have you ever uh well, I know things aren't really happening right now, but are there any Comic Cons in the Chicago area that you think you'd
3: ever come out to? Oh, there was one that I was looking at in December. It's not, is it Emerald or C, C E? Or There was, there was one big one in um, December that I was looking at. Um, and I'm supposed to be going to the LA comic con. I had to pick between three LA, Seattle and Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, I picked LA for a few reasons, but I don't even know if I can go, you know, the UK, I don't know when you're going to let us in. And yeah. Um, I don't know how everything's going over there, but I mean, I love Chicago. I was in Chicago for the Alex Ross interview.
0: Mm.
3: Um, oh, okay. Cause he lives in Chicago.
0: Yeah.
3: And, uh, it was, I was there for one night and it was, I really loved it and I would love to go back again. I love like, I didn't see the beam. I want to go back and see The Bean. <laughs> then you haven't
0: really been to Chicago. I know. Well,
3: <laughs> we were going to stay for a couple it's of days. And then I but found my favorite singer was playing in Kalamazoo in Michigan. Oh. So uh-huh. instead of staying in Chicago, we legged it after the Alex Ross interview mm-hmm. to Kalamazoo just to catch this concert. And so I didn't really see Chicago. <laughs> but I, I really love the atmosphere of it. The Bean Great. is
1: like a curvy, uh, Spaceship, navigator, spaceship.
3: It's
0: it's very navigator like.
1: Yeah, it is completely like the stairs coming out of it. There you go.
0: Oh my gosh, those stairs are (laughs) the coolest thing.
1: Well, we'll definitely keep an eye out if you ever get you and Joey ever get to yes something in Chicago or yes anywhere in the U.S. We would love. Yeah. Well, we are. We
3: are. We have a couple. We have a couple lining up that we're going to announce. Soon, and there is one in the US next year, so we're starting. It'll be easier to organize stuff obviously when we know that we can go, yeah. Um, but I would love to come back to Chicago and Mm -hmm. see it properly. Deep dish pizza on us, (laughs) yay! (laughs) I remember all I remember really of Chicago. We found this amazing bar with amazing sliders, and that was like in and it's, out and it was delicious
1: yeah chicago knows comfort
3: food very well it's, so yeah
0: it, it's the <laughs> mecca of artisan junk food for sure um
3: but it gets so cold there you need to emotionally eat I uh, guess. Yep. Uh, exactly ha. yeah yeah
0: it's all exactly. winter long yep you got it <laughs> so lisa where can our listeners find you learn more about you where would you like them to to go
3: the website where you can buy the blu-rays um and a dvd of Flash um all region free life after movies.com that's the easiest place to to go um and then on youtube if you want to find the web show it's life after movies web show or um like in the url or if you search so and it links from the website too if you get stuck
0: okay fantastic Thank you so much for being with us. You really made our week. You made our month. This is this is yeah. this was a yeah. big it's interview the for us. Second
3: of September, so there's time. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't think it'll it's be not top. Get any better. This Lisa. Is super fun.
0: So thank you again so much for being with us. Give our best to Ash. And, uh, and tell everybody. Joey
1: that
3: we, uh, we're we big fans.
0: Yeah, tell Joey we're big fans. <laughs> Absolutely. I will. I will. And uh, good luck.
3: We hope to see you sometime next year. that will be fun. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, take care. We'll Bye talk bye-bye. to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow. There it was. The first of many interviews, I hope, on C2R.
1: I hope so. It was a blast.
0: The wonderful Lisa Downs. I just I can't get over the kindness of her to reach out on Instagram to tell us about the film.
1: You're a very nice lady. People who create things want other people to see it. That's all yes. you want to do. We, all you want is people to pick up and watch or listen to your thing. So if we can support that in any way, because clearly we want more people to hear this. It's, it's a, a pay it forward thing. You know, I'm sure she's... Yeah gotten a chance to promote her stuff in different ways and
0: i've always wanted a small but discerning audience and i think we've got that i mean it's growing of course but we've got that so if we can share wonderful things with them like lisa's films Mm
3: -hmm.
0: it's fantastic and the fact that we've spoken to someone who hangs out with brian may (laughs) it's like i'm two degrees away from brian may that's pretty crazy
1: oh my gosh i'm so excited for spookum's edition
0: I mean, that's why we're kind of laying low in September. We got a lot of work to do. Because we are just a few short weeks away from Spookum's Spookum's edition. Edition. I'm scared. Oh, I'm, scared. I'm scared
1: It is scary I am scared
2: now. scared now I'm coming apart Oh my God I'm coming apart.
3: <laughs> <Jeff>. I'm scared <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've got something in the works That's just going to Hopefully make your season A little spookier and I can't wait to share it.
1: And there may be some things that you can like purchase and then wear throughout October if you're into that type of a thing. So just stay tuned. You if know? you're
0: into it. If you like clothes, shirts, you know, maybe you'll like this. hmm Our uh, our director of art design. Wait, that's not it. That's not your title. Art, art director. director. What the hell?
1: Are you okay? What the foob? <laughs>
0: Our senior <laughs> VP, director, art, comma, art, colon, killing it all day long, <laughs> semicolon, watch out, because you're not going to believe what she's making, comma, wow. The shirts and sweatshirts on the way are going to make things a little spookier. Well, we sure had fun today.
1: Yep. <laughs> We got to go.
0: We got to go. Uh, follow us on uh, Instagram. No, don't follow Fuck us
1: on Instagram. Fuck that. No, Fuck follow, us on <laughs> <laughs> follow us on Twitter, I guess. Just it, listen to the show and share it wherever. That would be nice. Yeah. You can follow us on TikTok, but there's nothing there yet. So just hang tight. We're going to figure it out. But it'll be the same at Cruel2Rewind uh, yep. slash TikTok. I don't understand you how got it works it. yet. Is there an at sign in front of it?
0: I think it's uh, Friendster. We're going to get
1: on that. Those We're going to get on those 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 talk themes. So like spooky talk. Yeah. uh Spook talk. Movie talk.
0: <laughs> Is that a thing? I don't know. Is that for real?
1: But yeah, there's all these like threads of, of, of talks. So we're going to find the right ones. We're going to make Jeff famous. Yeah. Because um, I just think we need more representation of men in their white men in their 30s with glasses and beards there's just not enough out there
0: i mean 40s before you know it sure and i'm not using my greatest talents
1: yep your voice dance dance karate kicks
0: karate kicks saxophone (laughs) (laughs) cheeseburger just kidding um it it's it's gonna be uh the greatest social media account you've ever seen we gotta go.
3: Thank you for being here today.
0: <laughs> Stay cruel out there.
1: And happy rewinding.
2: It's 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 fun. It, it, it. <laughs> It's fun, it's fun, it's fun, fun.
3: i <laughs>